This is a message from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We pray that it will encourage you in your walk of faith. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Youssef or Leading the Way, please visit ltw.org. When I was studying the first epistle, the first letter to the church in Ephesus, as I was pouring onto studying into that church, and I noticed this one thing that was an active church, that was a great church, but the one thing that Jesus had against them was that they have forsaken their first love. Their first love for Jesus cooled off, whatever the circumstances may be. Oh, they were doing, they were serving, they were ministering, they were active, they were doing all the right things. But the one thing that they're supposed to do, the love for Jesus went by the wayside in their walk and in their life. Because in the Christian life, you either go backward or you go forward. You can't stand still. And that is why we're going to learn together. In the next six messages, we're going to be learning together how to go forward in your love for Christ, how to fall in love with Jesus, and not just stay in love with Jesus, but grow in your love for Jesus. How to daily discover, daily discover ways by which you fall in love with Jesus all over again. How to become a red hot for Jesus. But before I get there, I want you to be aware of the fact There are some people today who confuse the church of Jesus Christ, that is, the elect of God, from every tribe, every nation, every language, with the local church. Don't make that mistake. Don't confuse those two. Be very careful in your thinking to make that distinction between the church of Jesus Christ, the universal global church, and the local church. Why I'm saying this? Because there are some local churches that can truly bore you to tears. (laughs) I'm aware of the fact that there are some churches that are so ritualistic that you literally can get lost in the mumbo-jumbo. There are some churches that are so deep into entertainment and make you feel good about yourself that the Word of God literally gets lost in the shuffle. There are some local churches that deliberately want you to feel that you're coming into a theater. And so they don't call the congregation congregation, they call them an audience. And this is not a pulpit, they call it a stage. And while they don't verbalize it, they really want to say the preacher is an actor. Beloved, listen to me. All of that will lead to cooling off of your love for Jesus. That's why I made the distinction between the church of Jesus Christ and the local church. The truth is, when you are so in love with Jesus, and you're growing in that love every single day, neither the entertainment on the one hand or the dull experience on the other really is the answer. Neither the dullness nor the entertainment will help you grow in your love for Jesus. It is an established fact that in your growing in your love for Jesus, it is not only going to sustain you regardless of the circumstances, but it's going to make you effective wherever you will go. 
Some of you will say, Michael, wait a minute, Michael, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I love Jesus. I read the Bible regularly. I have no decent knowledge of the Scripture. I'm stickler for accurate doctrine. Uh, uh, I even memorize the Scripture. Wonderful. Please, 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 don't stop. Don't stop. Wonderful, wonderful. The problem with the church in Ephesus, it was a church was doing all of that, all of that. And here Jesus says, I have this one thing against you that you have forsaken. You have lost. You cooled off your love for Jesus. Head knowledge of the Bible must not be our ultimate goal. Healing your past memories of past uh, troubles should not be your ultimate goal. That's the product. So the question is this. How do I love Jesus today more deeply than yesterday? How do I love Jesus more fully today than yesterday? How do I love Jesus more intimately today than yesterday? How do I love Jesus more uniquely today than yesterday? Why should that be your ultimate goal? Why would that should be the ultimate, the ultimate for everyone, not just for people in ministry, everyone? Listen carefully. Because when you daily grow in your love for Jesus, all these other things are going to fit in place. They're going to fit in place. But not the other way around. Lots of people try to put the horse in front of the cart. They've got the right ingredients, but they have them in the wrong place. Now, the verse I want you to drink deeply from, not just today, but in the coming days. Drink deeply. It literally... A verse that will change your life. It's Philippians 3.8. Philippians 3.8. I regard, I consider everything. Can you say everything? Everything. As loss, nothing, as nothing, because of the surpassing value of loving or knowing Jesus Christ. The truth is you can literally take the rest of your life and pack this verse. One verse. Why? Because until you're able to say, I regard everything. Can you say it again? Everything. Everything. My job, my money, my possessions, even my life. Did you get that? Even life. Beloved, Your day of death is appointed in heaven, and you cannot change that. Your worry and your anxiety will not change that. It is appointed at once. It's appointed. It's a day written in heaven. And until you get to the depth of understanding that when you call everything, including life itself, you have not begun your love for Jesus. If you place everything on one side of the scale, including life, and loving Jesus on the other side of the scale, find out which one that tips in, which one is going to tip over the other. Until you come to that point, you have not begun to know what it means to absolutely be in love with Jesus. Now, I'm here to confess to you that in my own life, I haven't always said or practiced 
that everything is nothing, is rubbish in relationship to my love for Jesus. It wasn't always the case. It really wasn't. When I was a young man, more than anything in life, I wanted to earn a doctorate. That was everything to me. More important than I can even express or explain to you. And not just any old doctorate. It had to be a PhD from a reputable university. That was just the goal that I have. Now, the reason why I was driven to do that, I'm not going to get into it, but it was I wanted to prove to my dead parents that I'm as good as my older siblings, because forever they didn't think so. But I won't get into that now. One day I might share all that with you. But in order to help some of you, because probably some of you are still trying to prove yourself to your dead parents, now I can look back and I understand why that ultimate goal I'm thankful for the knowledge. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not poo-pooing it, but I'm thankful for the knowledge. But I understand, as I look back, why that was the driving factor in my life. But now that I've accomplished that, and I graduated in 1984, I can tell you, as God is my witness, I consider to be that less than rubbish in comparison with my love for Jesus. Several years ago, I began to take time, and I still do to this day, on a regular basis. I take time, and I literally do self-examination. That's what the Bible said, examine yourself, examine yourself, examine yourself. Why? It's very important for you to take time and examine yourself. And this is the question I ask myself. Do I love the ministry more than I love Jesus? Do I love serving Jesus more than I love Jesus? Ask yourself that question. And beloved, let me tell you, sometimes the Holy Spirit convicts me and I have to make corrections. See, when I compare loving Jesus every day more deeply than the day before, more than anything, I find that helps me to think in the following way, how permanent He is and how temporary everything else is. Let me stop here for a moment and call station identification or reality check or call it whatever. I'm going to tell you why. Because I know, I know that most preachers, including this one, (laughs) tend to get carried away and make hard things sound easy. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I try not to fall in that trap. I really do. But I'm sure I have fallen into it several times. But if you think that you're the only one who's tempted to place other things or other people above your loving for Jesus, think again. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. And beloved, it is not a walk in the park. I want to make sure that I'm not going against my advice, because I've got news for you. If you think that I am saying this is easy, this is a walk in the park, you have seriously misunderstood me. The deeper I grow in my love for Jesus, the hotter the temptation for distraction. Now, you would think the other way around, right? No. I used to think that. 
I really did. I thought the deeper I walk in my love for Jesus, the more I grow in my love for Jesus, the easier the temptation. No, it's not. The deeper I grow in my love for Jesus, the harder, the tougher, the hotter the temptation. The question becomes, how do I overcome these temptations? How do I overcome these temptations? How do I regularly choose to love Jesus every day? more than the day before. First, I need to tell you that you cannot grow in your love for Jesus simply by amassing head information about Jesus. You cannot grow in your love for Jesus by seeking one new spiritual experience after another. You cannot grow in your love for Jesus by merely hearing sermons or reading books about Jesus. Believe it or not, loving Jesus begins by being dissatisfied with your current state of love for Jesus. That's where it begins. If you're smug and satisfied where you are, God help you, (laughs) because nobody else can. Loving and growing in love with Jesus begins by your yearning to know and experience and love Him more than anything in life. Paul's deepest longing and prayer for the church in Ephesus, the same church that motivated me to do this series I'm going to show you, he writes to them in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. His prayer is that they will be able to comprehend the breadth and the height and the depth of the love of Christ for them. Isn't it amazing that 20, 30 years later, that same church that Paul was praying for them, that they will comprehend the love of Christ, because when you comprehend the love of Christ, you love Him back. That same church, same church, 30-some years later, get a letter from Jesus and saying to them, I have this one thing against you. You have forsaken your first love, because they took their eyes of the love of Jesus until you come to the point of stop bragging about your biblical knowledge and cry out to him as the Lord, my love for you is so pathetic. Lord, my personal knowledge of you is so superficial. Lord, my apprehension of your person is so shallow. Lord, my time with you is so one-sided. Lord, my desire for you is just to give me what I'm asking for. Lord, my encounters with you are limited to when I need you. Lord, I have not loved you anywhere near you loved me. That's where it begins. Holy dissatisfaction until you come to the point of dissatisfaction with your current condition in your growing love for Jesus. You haven't begun yet. That's good news. You have the chance to start today. If you look intently and carefully into the, our precious Lord's earthly life and ministry, you're going to discover that He always longs to nourish our minds with His truth, that He always longed to raise our imagination to new heights, that He always longs to open our hearts to His love. He always longs for us to surrender our will to His purpose. He longs to allow His holiness 
to challenge the way we conduct our lives. Until you come to that point, that holy dissatisfaction, you will continue in your spiritual boredom. And nothing, nothing is going to cure that spiritual boredom. Not activities, not activism, not books, not sermons, not teaching, not gratifying of the flesh and doing what you want to do. In fact, all of that, in the long run, exacerbates your spiritual boredom. Why? Because our deepest longing, our deepest longing can only be satisfied with deeper love for Jesus. By the time you comprehend the width and the height and the depth and the breadth of His love for you, you cannot help it but fall in love with Him. And having done that, then begin to love Him with greater intensity every day. Think about this with me as I'm coming toward the end. God called Abraham out of Ur of Chaldeans to Canaan. And God said to him, leave everything behind, and I'm going to take you into an uncertain future. I'm grateful to the Lord. I've done that three times. (laughs) I left everything behind, and I know my wife and family paid the price of some of that. But what an uncertain future, what a magnificent future that was, uncertain as it was at the time. What I don't want you to forget is this. Abraham did not have a Bible. He did not have a Bible study to go to. He did not have a home group Bible study to go to. He did not have a pastor. He did not have Christian friends. He did not have 2,000 years of Christian history. Abraham died 2,000 years before Christ, and yet God privileged him to see the day of Christ prophetically, supernaturally. In fact, I think Abraham did not know a great deal about God, because his ancestors, people he lived with, they were idol worshipers, and yet he trusted God. He trusted Him. When he said, leave everything, come to an unknown future, He trusted him, and that is the beginning of your love for Jesus, trusting him, trusting him. And not in one area or two areas, in every area of life. And then he kept on growing. He kept on growing in his love for God. The question is, are you willing to give up everything? Did you hear what I said? Let me repeat it. Are you willing? I didn't say, are you ready? Because I see some of you bristled. So what is he up to now? Are you willing? In fact, there's an old preacher who used to say, are you willing to be made willing? Abraham was willing. When he acted on that willingness to take Isaac, the son of promise, God said, hey, I gave you Isaac. I don't want him. I just saw that your willingness is for real. Abraham said, hey, he gave him to me. I said, am I going to have resurrection for the first time in the Old Testament? Are you willing? And don't ever forget, don't ever forget that God has given you everything you have. Take a deep breath with me. 
That's a gift from God. He just gave every one of us. Including the breath we have is a gift from God. Abraham's obedience came out of love for God. Trusted him completely. And God blessed him out of his socks. I don't know what God is asking you to be willing to surrender. I don't know. This is between you and God, okay? Is it something tangible? Is it a relationship that doesn't belong? I don't know. It's between you and God. Is it nursing of a resentment that you held onto for years and years and you're refusing to let go? You know that between you and God. Let me conclude by telling you this story. Frances Havergale came from a very wealthy family in England, and she was thoroughly converted to Christ, has written some amazing hymns. She wrote the hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be, Consecrated, Lord, for Thee. The Holy Spirit kept pointing to her special collection of jewelry. I told you she comes from a very well-to-do family. She had a box of precious jewels, really beautiful jewels, expensive jewels. And the Holy Spirit kept pointing that. That's holding you back. That's holding you back. Finally, she surrendered and she said, okay, Lord. She picked up a couple of pieces that are, have a family sentimental memory, and she put the rest in the box. And she walked down to CMS office, Church Missionary Society. For those who don't know, CMS took the gospel to Africa and Asia. And today, the reason we have vast majority of evangelical Anglicans anywhere in the world and in Africa because of the work of CMS. And so she walked in the office of CMS and she handed her precious jewels. Then she came home and immediately wrote an extra stanza, the last one. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite will I withhold. And that song has blessed millions of people around the world. 